Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the official PlayStation Magazine podcast. I am editor Matthew Pellet and I am joined here today with... Uh, I am staff writer Ben Tyra. And I am the other staff writer, Jen Simpkins. Uh, we've already had to turn Jen's mic way, way down this morning. <sighs> Look, I'm she gets get, very excited. I get excited about Very yelly. I'm sorry. The poor, poor Dan's now <laughs> deaf because of the sheer spike in volume that erupted from your mouth. Do, do you want to maybe tell our listeners who Dan is? <laughs> Dan, <laughs> Dan oh, yes, is, Dan. Uh, he works on Games Radar as one of the video team. Yeah, so he came down and set up the, the podcast room for us today. Uh, sorry, I just thought I'd clarify who that was. <laughs> so who the frick is Dan? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> team OPM's mysterious fifth member. <laughs> In-jokes work great on podcasts. Oh yeah, they do. It's they the go to for your name. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so hello, uh, it's been um, a little longer than we hoped. Last episode, we signed off by saying we'll definitely do a mini-sode. Uh, what happened Whoops. to that mini-sode, Ben? Uh, I was in Germany, yeah, which Germany. made it slightly harder. Gamescom we went to Germany happened. and uh, we tried to do some stuff around Gamescom and there was massive failure around that stuff. <laughs> uh, so here we are. But we're definitely set up to do the mini-sode afterwards. Not immediately afterwards. You're not going to like finish this and straight away there'll be a mini-sode, but there'll be one where there should be at the end of this one. You promise. Yeah, we, really we were kind of busy making two magazines yeah. again. Um, so, so like we've we've been a bit all over the world recently, which is why it's been kind of hard to pin down the podcast times. Uh, ben was over at Gamescom in Germany, in Cologne. I think was it the week before? I can't remember when you were over there. Now, Jen, maybe a little bit longer. You were in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. He, for, Gamescom for was post Seattle, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Jen went over to Seattle. Um, as we record this. Uh, ben is flying out tomorrow to go to Los Angeles. I am flying out to New York next week, so in a few days' time as you're listening uh, for the PlayStation meeting that's happening in New York on the 7th, uh, where Sony have things to announce. Um, very exciting. We'll definitely be covering that in a big way next issue, uh, which is on sale 27th of September. I'll tell you that nice and early right now. Um <laughs> So yeah, that's what's happening. We're, we're all kind of going everywhere. Ben's also just moved house. Congratulations, Woo, Ben. Thank you. Uh, is your PlayStation 4 set up? Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it was <laughs> li- quite the literally the first thing we set up. So we always kick off the podcast with what we're playing now. Uh, a little bit of extra talk beforehand, but we will do that. So um, who's playing what? Ben, you've set up your PS4 in, in your new house. You've been in there one day, one evening. <laughs> what what were you, you playing last night? What have uh, you seen the credits on? <laughs> nothing. Uh, no, I've been, I've been playing a lot of the PES demo. A lot of uh, the PES demo? Yeah, no, PES 2017. Uh, the demo came out last Wednesday uh, for the EU store. So I've been hammering that. I've played it a few times now. i played it at Barcelona. I played a little bit of it at Gamescom. And I'm so excited for that game. I am so excited for PES 2017. Ben's, Ben's really... He wasn't excited... But then he learned of the official partnership with Liverpool FC, <laughs> and now he's over the moon. And now, and now the review has been taken out of my hands for fears <laughs> of score tampering. Um, yeah, it's. I think the big thing this year, especially compared to uh, the previous two, is um, like the passing in Pez on PS4 has always been superb. But the first time I got hand, my hands on it, it's just always felt that little bit zippier, mm-hmm. a little bit crisper, um, especially for a game with Barcelona on the cover. The way you construct passing moves. Um, Should have put Liverpool on the cover, let's be honest. <laughs> I thought with uh, Rogers it was long ball stuff. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really good. I'm super excited. And also, one of my favourite little bits of the game is uh, if you put it on night and the winter conditions, you can actually see the breath of air of players because of how cold it is Ooh. so in the fox engine is doing some 
wonderful stuff this year. Little touch, little touch. So, but like always, the thing, right? Is like Pez versus FIFA, and you've played both now, right? Yeah. Are you generally more of a Pez or a FIFA guy? I'm generally more of a FIFA guy. Um, uh, historically, I've... you played FIFA over right. Pez, right? Yeah, historically, I've been playing FIFA over Pez. In this current generation, it's probably been equal between the two. I'd say Pez 2015 is my favourite football game of this generation. Um, I don't think that'll be the case for much longer because both FIFA and Pez this year are doing some really interesting things. What is it about like this Pez then that's making you think, oh, Pez is a contender for FIFA? Like, is it just like those little it's, touches? Or? From what I've played so far, and the big thing with football games at this stage is they do they change a lot, they tweak mm-hmm. a lot. Already, there were differences between the builds I've played of Pez and of FIFA. Um, Pez is faster, a little bit more arcadia in terms of the way you construct uh, passing movements and you build the play, um, which has me more excited. It's a little bit more immediate, uh, especially the FIFA 17 demos I've played so far has been a little bit more considered. Right. Um, And the move to Frostbite has meant that it feels like a very different game now, uh, just in terms of they've built it from the ground up again. Right, right. Um, So yeah, I think it is at the moment that speed of play in PES over FIFA that has me more excited for PES. I mean, traditionally when you get engine shifts, which FIFA is getting this year, uh, the first one or two entries tend to just be getting set with that new engine, trying to get the basics down onto which they can build build extra things in future iterations. So, you know, I'm not not sitting here saying FIFA 17 is going to be just base level football game because already I think we're seeing it, it is beyond that. But I, I think you know, Pez is now familiar with the Fox engine and it's doing advanced things with it, whereas FIFA isn't quite there with, with Frostbite yet from what we've played so far. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely uh, advantage Pez, I would call it, at this early stage. I think perhaps from what you were saying in the office, you agree at this point as well. Definitely. But, but like, as Ben said, like the, the differences between football games preview in preview stage and review stage is is so pronounced much more so than many other genres um like back in the day when i was on xbox world we'd play preview code of of both of them and then we get review code in and they'd be completely different games because just the odd tweak of a slider like would would mean like shots that would ping in from 45 yards like you're struggling to even score from 10 yards oh, now really? and it's just like the tiniest little tweaks that is like fifa and pairs are built on about the, the, okay, this is superly reductive. They're not built on like ten sliders, right? <laughs> but, but if you, ima- but if you imagine like any slider that affects passing or shooting or crossing, or that changes the way the game is played, yeah. and that changes the way that game exists for an entire year. Um, be it with if... mini patches, you know, you can yeah. tweak things. But we'd we'd see like a preview code disc come in. We preview the game, we'd love it, and we would get used to it in the office, and we'd work out like how to beat each other mm. with it and stuff, and then review code come would come in it's like this is a different game entirely it's, it's completely much the same different with something like fighting games as well like even street fighter 5 we got code in like fairly early in different builds and stuff and there's so many tweaks that kind of like change how like different characters interact yeah. with each other and change how the the whole like combat engine plays as a whole and so you can play like a completely different game like even just after certain updates or patches or versions of previews it's crazy it's, it's interesting you bring up street uh, street fighter because i say the one big advantage fifa has this year over pez is obviously the reworked career mode which mm-hmm. is going to bring in objectives for you to do and give you 
guided ways of playing, which is something I'm really excited for. And obviously the journey, which is their brand new story mode with Alex Hunter. So traditionally the master league in pez especially on ps4 has struggled compared to fifa so it'll be interesting to see how they compare this year but that is enough talking about football games you've indulged Yay. me for long enough <laughs> jen what are you playing i'm playing bloodborne which is super super exciting me i am um, i played a little bit um of bloodborne on a friend's copy like um a fair few months ago now and never thought really to pick it up for myself um i've like played Dark Souls 3 and stuff and was really into that so I was like um, Bloodborne was on a sale recently so I was like oh I'll pick it up because Matt played it recently really a few months back right and you were super excited about it I remember you talking about it on the podcast and I was like oh maybe I'll give it another go um, and I, I've just beaten like the first boss the Cleric Beast so I've not really been in it very long at all sort of been like wandering around circular central yard. back up a second <laughs> have you beaten him? yeah Oh, I thought you said you were... Oh, well, this is the thing. I posted on Twitter recently, my first go, I had right, his okay. health bar down to like a sliver and it was the first time I'd ever gone at him. But and he I... is dead now. Yeah, he's dead. Okay. I went back and just like beat him. I think the second time I kind of like messed something up because the camera on that boss fight is a nightmare. Like really, the Cleric Beast is like quite an easy boss. Like I nearly beat him first the, go. The, ca- the Cleric Beast is just a mob. The actual boss is the camera. <laughs> yeah, you actually have to fight the perspective on it. I think it's because he's so big and you're looking up, up at him. So when you kind of like lock on to target him with R3, like the camera goes, okay, I'm going to focus on this big thing. But you're actually fighting on this very narrow bridge. Mm. Um, and there's like, you know, horse and carts, like abandoned carts around and like just weird bits of the bridge sticking out. So I'll be looking up at this big thing, like trying to get behind him and sort of attack him from behind when he tries to grab me with his big crazy arm. Um, and I'll be like, why can't I like strafe anymore and it's because i'm like accidentally running into the side of some weird bridge bit because the camera's like not showing me so yeah i was actually fighting the camera really and i think second try that's what got me but then third try i kind of like beat him easy he's fine but you were saying he was optional before you came in yeah i think the first one is gascoin that you have to fight oh my god cleric beast is yeah it's a boss you can skip yeah he was like pretty pretty um okay really it was like the the dogs that are more annoying it's like two, two giant dogs on like werewolves or something on the bridge they're before. werewolves they're not uh, dogs giant they're, puppies. They're, they're clearly I werewolves to them. they are not puppies but they I'm, are I'm, the opposite I'm, of puppies it, it took me like a big uh a long time to sort of get used to how different the combat is and you kind of just have to go in and hit things because you've got kind of this like recovery thing right you've got the re- the regain system so in bloodborne if you get injured and you lose some health uh, if you attack the enemy, then you can regain your yeah, health yeah, yeah. or regain and, like, and if you're part just, of like, your health. Laying into them, even after they die, you can kind of like recoup the damage you've taken on like hitting them. So if you've, what I've learned is that like even if they are like dying in their dying animation, you can still keep hitting them and make sure you recover it, all that health. It, it, yeah, it's definitely a game that encourages you to be aggressive, which is weird. and it rewards yeah. you to do so because as well. in Dark Souls, it's like I've opposite. been trained to just walk yeah. around corners with my shield up, be very very cautious. Well, there's no well, there is a shield in Bloodborne, but the joke is that you don't use it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's and it's amazing how that one tweak, right? Yeah. Talking about like FIFA and and pairs and how preview and review mm. code can be so wildly different. That tweak from the dark souls template to the bloodborne template mm. completely changes the way you approach that absolutely game. and so i struggled really with the first like hour or so because i was just dying and not really understanding and and not really being rewarded for things i would 
like being cautious like I would have expected to. And as soon as I sort of wrapped my head around that, I was like, mm. oh, okay. Um, but I almost infinitely prefer it already, just the aesthetic. And um, I'm really excited about like this, the, the story behind it, much more so than I ever was with Dark Souls. And I love um, using guns uh, for parrying. I think it works so well. Um, and I understand it a lot more than I used to in Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3, I just used a two-hander <laughs> weapon and just dodge roll everything. But um, yeah, I'm playing it in a, in a sort of more... Uh, in, in a much different way and I'm really enjoying it so far so yeah what about you what are you playing? Uh, a whole mix of things so I've got back into Destiny in a big way I was yeah. playing um, uh, Iron Banner the other week and doing quite well despite not having my level like yeah, anywhere near Matt because your, um, your light level counts for Iron Banner so the, the, the kind of the gear you get is a certain light and the higher the light the more powerful it is and normally in crucible it's yeah. like turned off so it doesn't matter yeah but, um, but certain modes they do. yeah so I pick, i'm not really a pulse rifle player uh i used to always be on my hand cannon back in year one yeah. when i had hawk moon and yes. uh, the last word but uh i picked up uh on the recommendation of matt gilman who's the editor of games master he said get yourself hawk saw mm. from the crucible vendor and so I used it in uh, in Crucible. It's like, holy crap, this is brilliant. <laughs> so so I, was, stable, I, was, I was dominating right? Iron it's Banner crazy. at like, my 289 light level that's uh, with Hawksaw, which was, which was great. It's because so you I, shoot it and there's just no yeah. like, recoil. Yeah. It so, stays, so I'm definitely right. a convert now to the Pulse Rifle. Uh, so I've been playing a bit of that. Um, I, I hadn't actually played the Taken King, uh, any of the missions, on my own account. Mm. So I played them you know about a month and a half before they came out when i went over to bungie to do a story for the uh for the mag last year and i actually wrote the games master cover story because i was the guy out there reporting on it for us um but yeah i never did it on my account that was the last time i played destiny until i got back into it recently so i've been playing some of that getting back into it just ticking off the the solo story stuff um i've been playing some jazz punk director's cut i reviewed that this weekend uh, but that isn't until our issue out 27th of september so i won't talk about it too much other than say it's very very funny it's very very good um it gets a palette thumbs up uh and i've been playing some hitman bangkok came out uh, so again that was for a review for this new issue um but i did the new elusive target as well a lot of people are struggling with the new elusive Is that the target guy with the black hat uh, uh, yeah, so, so everyone's like, oh, it's Paddington Bay, like <laughs> Orange Jam, and he wears a black hat. It's not Paddington Bear. Uh, and everyone's reporting on it, like, oh, you, you have to search him out using Orange Jam. It's like, oh, it's a mystery. Because the big thing with elusive targets, you get a picture, this is your target, go find him. Um, whereas this time they don't have a picture. Oh. But, but it's so obvious, like, who, who it, it is, is, where it is. Right. Um, it's there's in the in the briefing video uh, that has um, like snippets of what you ought to be doing. Like it gives a well, it almost gives away where it is. And then in the intro voiceover, um, as you're just entering the level, uh, something said to you. You're like, "All oh, right, I know where I need oh. to go." So you go there, okay. and then there's something that's clearly changed from where the <laughs> level is, from you know, from its usual state. All right. So it's like, oh, yeah, definitely in it's here. And then it's like, oh, it's one of two people. Oh, and great. one of them <laughs> keeps looking serious. at some jam. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, I wonder. Like, And to be honest, if you stand back and just listen to, to the audio, mm. like he's calling the other person by their name anyway. So right. it's like, well, it's not that well, dude. Well, so, not him because you know his name, I yeah, guess. Yeah, so, so it's total BS that, oh, you have to do this. Oh. Anyway, um, it's still good. It's, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite a tough one because a lot's changed. Well, 
some things have changed, but there are just a lot of guards, right? And there are guards who are suspicious of you, even if you're dressed as a guard. So working that out was was kind of fun. Um, I did it first time before nice. anyone accuses me of cheating. Nice. Um, albeit on an alt account, just, just to make sure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so that I could then do it on my proper account. <laughs> but I got a silent assassin. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, chuffed to be back in that game. Um, and in terms of Bangkok, how are you finding it so far? It's really good. It's so much better than Marrakesh. Okay. So much better. It's a, it's, a, it's a big hotel. It's not a very realistic hotel. There aren't that many rooms. It's a massive, <laughs> lavish place. Okay. But I don't think it's got the room count to sustain the staff's wages. Right, okay. And the building's upkeep. <laughs> Uh, but but it's fun. It, it feels a little bit more creative than Marrakesh. Marrakesh, like, it felt really phoned in. There were a bunch of hits that all revolved around using the same trick, like right. getting people to a certain place and blowing them up. Whereas uh, for Bangkok, you've um, you, there are two targets. There's a singer who's just turning 27, um, and there's his lawyer, and the singer has done a bad thing. I won't spoil stuff. Um, and you've got to take them both out, and there are yeah, there are some fun ways to do that involving dodgy microphones and perhaps <laughs> birthday cakes and plate glass windows oh, and classic. and and it feels like it's it found the fun factor that it lost a little bit in Marrakesh. All, all I would say about Marrakesh though is that they released the summer bonus episode, yeah, yeah, which updated Marrakesh and Sapienza for for new stuff. Mm. And ironically, Sapienza is the best. Um, is that the one on the movie set? Yeah, yeah, so so it updated Sapienza to have a movie set, which seems like the greatest thing ever. But I found it actually quite a limited right. repackaged job. Whereas the the new idea from Marrakesh, I mean, it wasn't a new idea so much as just it was at night and there were a couple of new people. But I thought that was a more interesting one. You could dress up as a fortune teller <laughs> okay. and then like read someone's fortune and then pick up the crystal ball and clock him over the head with it. <laughs> uh, and it... Actually, the Marrakesh stuff in that bonus episode was, was better than yeah. the Sapienza stuff. Um, so it's funny how like the series is ebbing and flowing so far. But Bangkok is is one of the better ones. I'll put it second behind Sapienza Ooh. as a pure episode. Um, kind of on a par with Paris. Is that reviewing yeah. this issue? Uh, it's in the next one. As in well. the next one. I was going to say yeah. because you sent me a pun that will be appearing in oh, that review, yeah. oh, um, yes. which is worth keeping your eyes peeled for. Yes. <laughs> yes. So pick up the next issue for... Um, uh, of the issue oh yes uh, <laughs> but as you know uh, talk about this issue next issue uh, as you probably are already aware there's a new issue out a new issue came out it was supposed to be on the 30th of august although we spied it in a fair few oh, uh, yes. shops beforehand <laughs> it snuck out yes uh, but that's fine that's all good like if, if you get it in your hands earlier we are well up for that um so this issue it has destiny rise of iron on the cover it comes with a 20 page uh, second mag about Destiny the Collection and it comes with four free thumb grips for your PS4 or PS3 if you want to go old school pads um, which is pretty awesome it's probably the best gift we've given away in a few years yeah they're pretty genuinely useful I've um, got um, like posh controllers and I'm like I want to save the rubber yeah. <laughs> put my little thumb grips on <laughs> uh, so yeah new shiny issue lovely gold literally front. shiny um, Jen you went over to Seattle to play Rise of Iron I did you liked it I did it was super exciting for me to go because obviously I love my destiny um, and yeah I like it sort of took me by surprise because I was like what else can they really add like we all know destiny 2 is coming out next year and so we already know they're kind of working on that so I was like trying to peek round corners when I was at Bungie HQ um, but yeah I actually was sort of surprised by how much feels different in a lot of the rise of iron content um, uh, I played a new strike which sort of felt 
weirdly more freeform. Like, you know, if you're a Destiny player, if you're not, um, strikes are basically sort of uh, story missions, like versus the environment that you play with uh, a couple of other people in your fire team. And you sort of run through and you're killing mobs and then there's like a big boss at the end. Um, and you gen generally use strikes um, to sort of uh, farm new gear. Um, you'll like uh, pop three of coins so that it's more likely that better gear will drop for you and you'll sit in a playlist and sort of the longer you play that playlist the, the better rewards you get so they're normally quite linear experiences where it's like oh you start here and then you just run through and you'll do the same thing and you won't really mind because you're grinding for loot and that's what you do in an MMO um, but the new strike the Wretched Eye sort of while it was sort of uh, a point A to point B thing in the middle it was kind of like way more freeform in the environment you were set in you were kind of in this underground bunker um and uh it's not the rasputin bunker again is it uh no 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 okay. it's on venus oh okay no definitely. um but um because i've been to that bunker so many bloody times <laughs> <laughs> but like there's this big spire in the middle and then there's loads of sort of corridors off shooting it okay. so you'll go into this bunker um, and in the sort of middle section of the strike, you're kind of looking for Siva nodes. So the big thing in the story of the Rise of Iron is um, that uh, this technological infection called Siva has kind of uh, warped loads of the fallen enemies and kind of made them all weird and given them peg legs. And there are all these red, horrible wires snaking through all the snow. Um, so you're, you're hunting down these kind of little points of infections to just kind of pump bullets in them. Um, but... Like, there's loads of different corridors and levels to this sort of uh, big uh, spire of, of uh, environment, really. So it's really fun. So me and the other two people I was playing with, um, we kind of just sort of naturally split up and went to explore different avenues to try and find out where the nodes were. Um, and there's kind of different enemies down each one of the corridors. So it was really interesting because I don't really get it very often on strikes if you split up from people um in the next section if someone moves on it will sort of teleport you to them and you normally stick together on strikes um but it was it was it felt way more different because we kind of naturally split up and went on our own little journeys and adventures to kind of find different things so it was yeah it was it was interesting i've never really had that much before in a strike where you weren't like just running single file together pumping bullets into stuff and it sort of felt uh, much more exciting and then there was this great boss fight at the end when we all kind of regrouped for that um where there was uh you kind of fall into this pit and there's a huge ogre with like a, a massive like angry looking like eye and like these bits of like tech technology stuck in his head he's obviously like taken over by siva um and it's like oh kill the kill the high priest um so you're we like firing bullets into him but then it's like oh he's immune or you're like what and he's so massive so then you'd kind of move to the side and you'd see there's another guy right behind him with like this kind of sniper rifle like sniping you and you're like oh it's that dude <laughs> so it was great so this big thing is tied up in the middle of the room um so then we're just laying into this priest guy and then this like ogre sort of unshackles himself and sort of comes lumbering after you around the room um which was terrifying because you're just kind of trying to avoid him as he comes after you and you can't do anything about him you can't slow him or stagger him he's completely immune so you're trying to like kill his dad basically <laughs> or this big pet like comes around after you and he'll kind of focus on different people so we kept like accidentally dragging him into like right. other people and they'd be like oh my god don't bring him over here <laughs> like so it was really fun and frantic and then you've got mobs spawning yeah. in as well so um, it was really, really fun. So Rise of Iron introduces a load of new stuff. It doesn't have subclasses like taking King Vault to Destiny. No. Um, but it's got 
obviously new environments cosmodrome has expanded yes they've got a new social area uh you've got a new um the devil splicers who yes. are the new enemy type yeah who are like they're the ones who are all infected fallen. yeah uh, but crucially for the pvp stuff like maybe you're not a competitive pv play yeah uh, pvp player but the crucible is now going to have private options oh, and so custom good. match options so and good. that's really cool because it means that you know, if, if you like the idea of maybe every now and then having a game, but you're mm. not really down for the super, super hardcore, yeah. like, I need to be leveled up. No, the back of, like, every map, like the back of my hand, you can just now jump in with a playlist, um, well, sorry, with a full roster of friends yeah. and just have a chilled out It's awesome. Match. Like, and however many people you want, like, there's a few of us, like me, you and Jordan from Total Film have been, like, playing some Destiny. And now when Rise of Iron comes out, if we fancy playing a match in the Crucible and we want to go, like, 2v1 or something, yeah. we can totally do that. So you're not reliant on, you know, getting match made with other people. If you just want to keep it, you and your friends. Yeah, sort OPM of... versus the other man. Yeah, exactly. That's what we <laughs> Hunt need to down do. Hunt down Total Film. Yeah, we should. <laughs> do that and then like do a feature and like have a showdown we can get ben on side absolutely Des- not ben, ben is not a destiny fan <laughs> yeah ben. it'd be awesome could they tell from the deafening silence <laughs> yeah. from my Ben's end just like, mm, but, that, but that's an interesting thing right so not everyone is and, and i get that uh, we had a couple of questions on twitter last night so i want to address these um people wondering why we put destiny on the cover mm. uh, and a DLC, a dlc a dlc on the cover and that's yeah it's a totally valid question um so so I kind of make the decision as to what goes on the cover uh, as editor. Um, and I have three things that I, I really consider when I talk about what's going to be the next cover game for OPM. Uh, first of all, like sales. Like my main job is to sell copies <laughs> of OPM, right? Uh, so I want to have as many readers pick up a copy of the mag as possible. Uh, the second thing is access. And the third thing is just what we want to write about as a team. Uh, so that first thing, uh, we very nearly did a Taking King cover last year. Uh, and we didn't. I went over there. I did some stuff, but there was. Uh, I think Edge and GM were were going out with one instead. I thought, you know what? We're not going to also have a Token mm. King cover. That would be insane, right? To have that on shelves Three. and we're competing. <laughs> uh, so I can't remember what we did that month actually. When would that have been? Uh, that, that would August have been time. August September. What is it? Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Maybe yeah, was it better on, better on PS4? Yeah, better on PS4. If not, it was the one before that, which was her- no, maybe it wasn't the Horizon one. It was. Better it on it PS4. might have been the the Syndicate one. Anyway, the so logo on the subs cover. So nice. I didn't do it, and to be honest, the mags that did do it had like their best selling copies of the year. <laughs> with Taken King, like there's a big, big Destiny fan base out there, yeah. right? And even two years after the vanilla games launch, there's still a big Destiny fan base. So Destiny is like super polarizing. There are some people who hate it, can't get it their head around why people love it there yeah. are people who love it who can't get their head around why people hate it yeah. i kind of see both sides but i'm a big fan of destiny so it's like hey i love it like guys <laughs> I, I i see where you're coming from but this is why i love it abc i'm not making that argument today um but there's a big fan base out there yeah. and they want to buy mags that talk about destiny right so consideration one is like hey we'll probably sell a lot of copies <laughs> if we have destiny on the cover um two the second main thing is access like we got to send jen over to bungie uh, she got to see loads of stuff play it first hand interviews um, that was exciting yeah we got some really cool interviews with the guys mm-hmm. got like, your wall <laughs> yeah well yeah <laughs> yeah Climb, climbing bungie's climbing wall yeah that is explained in the <laughs> um, i so i desperately and I've, I've wanted to to do it for a few years i desperately wanted to do last guardian really want to do a last guardian mm. cover um we can't get access sony couldn't give, give us access to the game so i'm not going to do a cover with about three shots that are publicly yeah. released and nothing no no new hands on nothing mm. so like i i really want to do it like that 
I love Eco, I love Shadow of the Colossus. Um, but if you're talking about a consideration between, hey, we can write some stuff about that game we've not played, we've only seen from afar, or we can go to a studio, grill the developers, play stuff no one else has played before, it's kind of important that we, yeah. we give you guys stuff that you can't get elsewhere. Right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so that was Factor 2, and Factor 3 is kind of just what we want to write about, what we want to cover. Mm. Um, it's not it's not something that I consciously do, like, impose my own will on, like, what what we do. <laughs> but, you know, we we naturally gravitate towards the games that we want to write about because yeah. we're interested in. Now, there are definitely cover games that I've put on the mag that I am not interested in. <laughs> uh, I won't call them out right now. Um, there's a cover game, I think, that went on the mag this year that I don't think anyone was interested in. Oh, yeah, in I end. think we can... Uh, uh, we give, can given the score that that got, um, I can I can honestly say I wasn't around for that, <laughs> so, so I'm fine. We'll wash your hands of that one. Whittling uh, down the games. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, yeah, as soon as Rise of Iron was announced, we both Jen and I were like, oh, there's a lot of new stuff here. Mm. And, and for destiny players who understand the game kind of getting a grip on how much has changed yeah. and why that's an interesting story mm. i care like if, if you've read like any any cover feature that i've written i care about the stories more yeah. than like news angles yeah. right so um when i wrote the uncharted 4 uh cover story for our 20th anniversary last year um there was stuff in there about the last of us 2 uh, and and that was kind of in there for you to read and appreciate mm. it wasn't a sensationalist hey, look, like, Last of Us 2, here's the stuff. Yeah. Uh, which is what it became when people got it online and, right, and, yeah. and were reporting on it, right? <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't really care at all about headlines and, you know, clickbait. Yeah. I just want an interesting story, and Rise of Iron is definitely an interesting story in the evolution of Destiny. Yeah. And, and it, you know, it is a bit of a muddled evolution of Destiny. We. Yeah. Uh, we're well aware of the troubles that they had yeah. early on. We've kind of charted yeah. it in our sort of second mag as well, just sort of what each DLC added and yeah, like definitely. the huge changes in the game, the light levels and like the way you would level up and things like that. Um, it, it's it's really been like one huge long like beta, really. Yeah. And and like the the story of Rise of Iron really is, and this is the the sort of sense I honestly got when I was out there is that this is the ultimate refinement of like this like destiny one basically and and i sort of chatted with the developers you can read in the mag like a little bit about that and they were like this is basically the best version of destiny we know yeah. how to make right now and we're giving the fans what they want with private matches and things like that and it, it was really was sort of a celebratory thing and a, a nice thing to celebrate in the mag i thought because you know it's their 25th anniversary at bungie and and so that's that's what it feels like really it's like there's nothing crazy they kind of talked we had like a tiny little chat about like what they're going to do with destiny 2 and they're like we're going to take it in a very different direction you can read about that um it's but... gonna be a skateboarding game <laughs> but um like yeah it was just nice it was it this feels like as the final expansion for the first game it, it feels like really like they've nailed what they wanted to do with this version of destiny so that they can go on and do something a bit different with destiny and 2 it's amazing now coming back to the game having had a year off right it's a different game right right it's a totally different game so you know, not again, not everyone's into Destiny, but I think for a lot of those people, those opinions were formed when Destiny was not the game that it is today. Yeah. When it was vanilla Destiny and there were know, big issues. Have... Yeah. So it's quite uh it's quite interesting to see comments about oh Destiny doesn't do this and stuff and you really think, Oh actually it does do that. Yeah, now. have you played it yet? Like it, it <laughs> yeah. genuinely is like a completely so different. different game. So to to you, Ben, <laughs> to I you, say, we say your destiny opinion is 
wrong. No, it's not. It's, not. it's, definitely, but it, it, it's formed about a game that doesn't exist, and Destiny in Your Head is not the Destiny mm. that is currently live on servers. And I think that it was is very interesting you talking because one of the you know one of the things is people call it DLC, but this is you know DLC is something that's in my mind DLC is something that's ten pound adds a little something to the game. But as you say, this is wide reaching. It's changing. But I mean, I suppose to give the opposite side of that, it's well, when do you come in? When is the best time to come into Destiny to get that definitive experience? Well, I guess it's with Destiny, the collection. Yeah. If, if you've not got into it at mm. the moment, um, but even like, even if like you were a lapsed player who played it for a bit and fell away, like when I've been getting back into it, I've, I played through the entire story of Taking King with my my friend Jordan on Total Film, and we just I, I won't swear on here, but we just we're kind of just expletive laid in like holy crap like there's this stuff and there's yeah. that and, and oh my god my my hud's full of like missions yeah. to do and stuff and and even just like the the quest lines that they added to kind of tie a bow around the the disparate missions that they had in the game but hadn't really brought together as one yeah and um, it just feels like they're it's interesting really and like found what they were supposed to be doing when i went to talk to the developers as well they were saying really the number one thing that people wanted was just like more stuff to do and they're so good at just giving you things to do and when when it's an mmo and you just want more content to play and new things to surprise you and i still see things like popping up in strikes like different versions <laughs> of like a strike that i've played before and then they'll be taken in at this time yeah. and i'll be like, whoa i haven't seen that before and they've done that a lot with rise of iron people just want kind of more content to play and i know um a few people who play the division and enjoy the division but they're like now they've um we we had a product like come in and uh, uh not product um an art ed come in and do some work for us and i was like oh get into destiny he went and bought it and he was like the amount of content compared to something like division which is still kind of early days and they're still working out how to add more stuff but they're like there's so much to do and and yeah it's like markedly different now um so like yeah if you haven't played it yet probably if you if you want to pick up everything like the collection is a great way to go because it actually gives you rise of iron included with everything else i thought maybe that would be sold separately but if you really do want to kind of go the whole hog like you can just like literally get everything for the like a really like inclusive price like it's re- it's a really good way to get in um but yeah, if you if you are lapsed or if you uh, like remain unconvinced or if then you mm-hmm. want to get in on our, our enjoy remaining unconvinced. <laughs> oh, but yeah, like it's it's like Matt says, like it's it's a very different game now. So you might be surprised, like by picking it up and playing it because it's like even I I'm a year two baby. You've been playing since year one, yeah. um, and like even I see differences that like shock me. well I, I played daily slash weekly for an entire year yeah. and then it was at, just at the start of year two where i fell out yeah. so i've come in just before year three is kicking off and it's it was good to have that break yeah. it's good to kind of return to it almost like you'd return to a, an old retro favorite <laughs> yeah like if you boot up sonic 2 you're like oh, i remember green Hills. yeah so it's it's just like going back into into a game from from way way in the past and yeah. be like, oh man this this feels so familiar but different in so many ways yeah. um so that's Destiny. We're not going to completely fill this podcast. No, that's enough <laughs> Destiny. Destiny, we promise. Destiny. Um, what else is in the brand new issue? Tons of stuff. Uh, we've got an interview with uh, Noah Hughes from Crystal Dynamics about the future of Tomb Raider. Mm. Um, we kind of talk around while definitely talking about the next Tomb Raider game. <laughs> so it's almost like every answer is like, well, I can't talk about that. But here directly. is what However, it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so some really interesting thoughts about... I, I was grilling him as a long-term 
Tomb Raider fan about, well, the reboot has kind of done away with the globe trotting aspect that was a big part of the early Tomb Raider. Okay, yeah. Last Revelation, less so, but Tomb Raider 1, 2, 3. Um, and whether we can see that return in the rebooted fall, I was grilling him about whether we're now so far down the road with human on human combat. Are we forever stuck with the volume that we've got? Or can we again return to Tomb Raider 1 where she only fought two, three, four humans throughout the entirety of that right. game? Um, and just stuff. And the manner. The manner has changed. So the manner's coming back for PS4. But it's it's almost like it's kind of gone home-esque. It's an exploration-led uh, hour of game where you're not fighting stuff, you're not climbing on things. It's weird you mentioned Gone Home as well, because it has little voiceovers play as you yeah, explore got, the manor. it's got voiceover memories, okay. and you pick up documents and read them. Um, and it's like, well, the manor used to be like a training area, and you could find secrets in there and mm. stuff. You could go quad biking in Tomb Raider 3. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> so it's like, would you ever bring the manor back in that way? And you're saying, well, we, we kind of had those conversations, but we, we wanted to do this for re- x reasons which are in the mag um but it's it's an ongoing conversation it's a conversation we want with our fans so he, like crystal dynamics wants us and you like you listeners to tell them what you want from right. the future of the manor mm. and other things so if they're talking about the future of the manor and things <laughs> it's safe to say there's another two raider coming <laughs> uh, and i start by saying like it's interesting whenever you go to a studio you you almost always get a studio tour. Right. But the one thing I didn't get when I was at Crystal Dynamics was a studio tour. I wonder why. And I get the feeling it was probably because they couldn't have me seeing things because they finished this game a year ago. It was released on Xbox One a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. And the port is being co-handled by an external studio. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Crystal's involved with the, the little extra bits that are going in, but that is not a full game's worth of work needed to make those things and those things are already finished anyway right so there is no way they're all just sitting there on their hands waiting for this to release and they're like right now that that's on shelves let's do something else they are going to be deep in development of that next game i can just Um, imagine them as you walk into the building they're like minimize minimize (laughs) (laughs) so uh, so so like i think if you're you know if you're an old school ps1 tomb raider fan i think this interview is really for you guys um i hope you find it interesting maybe you won't maybe you want to write in and tell me to shut up um but you know as a, as a long time tomb raider fan someone who played it back in 96 on sega saturn um yeah i i wanted to ask questions for for those of us who had seen lara change so much but kind of still wants to see some of that old school stuff return mm-hmm. in the rebooted verse mm-hmm. uh, what else have we got this issue ben you reviewed deus ex <gasps> i did deus yes ex. Earlier on in the office, you said you would rather play Deus Ex again than play Bioshock Infinite. Wrong. Yeah, I, I stand by that. Wrong. Completely. Wrong. Um, no, I, I Make think, your case. Well, both of them... So, a little bit of background for readers. Uh, I, we've been talking about this game for a while on the podcast, so they know that I went off and played eight hours, the first eight hours of the game, and I loved it. I thought it could be the surprise shoot of the year. Uh, not really a surprise, I guess. <laughs> surprise. Not really a shooter, either. <laughs> surprise, first person explorer of the year. Um, no, so Deus Ex's main hub world is Prague, and it is. Oh, this bloody Prague story. What? All, all I've heard about, all I know about Deus Ex is that Prague is the greatest city in the world. I love, I love <laughs> Prague in the game. It is so, like, I had so much fun exploring it, and they do a lot of really, really cool stuff as you go along that changes the way you see that city. But more importantly, it's the combat in it is 
so not only has the actual uh, shooting, I think, been improved to the extent where I could enjoy the game nowhere near as much as the stealthier side of actions. You know, this is a game that gives you a lot of tools, like you can turn yourself invisible, you can slow down time, you get a nano blade in the arm which you can fire and lure people. So it's definitely a game that's best experimented with. Um, so in terms of the way the game the the combat plays and how you approach uh, missions um, it's much it's different to Bioshock Infinite because Infinite is more of a standard shooter you mm. have obviously the plas- plasmoids but plasmids, plasmids. plasmids sorry um, <laughs> oh, wait, are, are they plasmids in Infinite are they vigors oh vigors so obviously you have the sky hook but that doesn't do a great deal compared to some of the augments you get yeah then it comes down to the stories, and while I think that Deus Ex's story has issues in terms of the fact that it's a game that wants to say something right. but doesn't quite understand how to say it, mm-hmm. uh, there's a obviously that around the release of Deus Ex there has been a lot of talk about that. I'm not going to go into it because it's quite long-winded, but I feel like the story of it is there are beats I really like, and I think the world building and what it does there is really cool. And at Infinite, it's Similar-ish. Infinite has a very good grasp of what it wants to say. Right. But I still prefer the world. Infinite has a lot of accomplishments and a lot of achievements, but Deus Ex is a game that's come out later and has therefore taken some of those ideas further. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I really enjoyed the the world building of Columbia things. Like, I, I, it's really up there with yeah, Rapture I, I for think, me. I think Infinite, even though it isn't the game that was intended and promised yeah. Columbia is like, a great world I think Infinite's world nicks it yeah uh, and like, it's and, it, and because the story is more fully formed like that edges it yeah. from a narrative point of view where actually I don't I think, think Infinite's that great a shooter no, I think no, as no. a shooter it's no. like I think possible yeah. my, my one thing with Infinite as well is I think I love that ending I think that ending but I get that's, that's that the ending one, that's the one thing I have a problem with I think because you see really? I, I yeah. think that ending see, sometimes you haven't played Burial at CDLC and I no, talk I about this in the I mag haven't. I haven't uh, either like because our debate thing is um, like what's the greatest PlayStation DLC we will get to that in a bit but um like infinite like there's plot holes in the main game absolutely and the end is like a little woolly um but if you actually play burial at sea and it's not cool when dlc does this and it's like hold some of the story yeah. back and you, you say you have to pay a little bit extra to have that those plot holes filled in yeah, that but they are filled cool. in that, that's crap that is. yeah it's like <laughs> persia yeah. none of that but like it does work and like while i think infinite does work if you kind of like suspend bits of disbelief and you kind of give it a few free passes you kind of do have to um but if you play the burial at sea dlc where you play as booker and then um elizabeth as well like there are a lot of things sort of wrapped up in a lovely lovely big sort of my my problem with infinite is one of expectation so me personally this is just me talking about my own personal experience i played it only like a couple of weeks after other people did. But by that point, you got the 10 out of 10s across the right, board. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, put it this way, if I had personally reviewed it, I would not have given it a 10. Mm. Uh, and with the ending, I think in particular, everyone was super vocal about the ending. The ending yeah. is amazing. It's yeah. the greatest game ending that yeah. has ever been. <laughs> oh, I was blown away. I was moved to tell all, all this bollocks. Um, <laughs> uh, I played the ending and I was like, okay, read a book. And that's such a dick yeah. thing to say. Yeah. But it was being it was honestly being praised 
to obscene levels yeah. as if like no no game had ever done it's that because before, the which emotional is impact of it is like i can imagine and it like blew me away as but, well but, but if but, you think about it but, it's but a if, fun you, twist. If, if you remove emotion from it everyone's like yeah. this is the smartest yeah. thing that yeah. anyone has no, ever well, it's not. committed to it a game it doesn't uh, and like yeah. it's the greatest like story ending that anyone's imagined and like there was for, for that month that bubble yeah. like everyone was talking about infinite and, and everyone was, like, was just like honestly falling over themselves to talk about how great this end yeah. was and i played it i just thought go read foucault's pendulum go, <laughs> yeah, go read some umberto eco or, yeah, or learn how just, to wrap yeah, it up really search for like things that are held up yeah. worshipped as yeah, yeah. clever endings or yeah, whatever yeah. and then just get some perspective before yeah it was start... by no means perfect like it was a little bit like choppy definitely the deus ex in and of itself is very much a game worth playing like yeah. mankind divided is a lot of fun and it has a sneak peter serfinowitz what, uh really? yes peter serfinowitz isn't it this oh crazy so yeah i really enjoyed that um what else is in the issue matt uh so we've got tons of stuff i'm not going to go through it all we've got the new uh 2d sonic game sonic mania which yes if anyone looks like, so good. still looks back fondly on sonic's mega drive games uh which you should they're about the only days that you should look back fondly on <laughs> uh joke Oh, um, it, it's very much a, this is early Sonic reborn. Yeah. Uh, they're not pulling any. Hey, it's modern Sonic mixed with. <laughs> they're also doing that, but in a different game. Okay, <laughs> Sonic Mania looks amazing. Yeah, let's so, all go uh, for Sonic Mania. So we've got lots on that. We have um, a really cool preview on Final Fantasy 15. We had a guy who played like the opening hours uh, before it got delayed, um, <laughs> but like those hours are still valid, right? Uh, so lots about Final Fantasy XV if you're interested in that. It's been pushed back to November now, sadly, um, but well, well worth checking out that preview. We've got oh, what, what's this? Oh, hands on with Neo. Neo, yeah, I played more Neo. Um, uh, Team Ninja um, brought it in, um, and I got to go hands on with kind of this new level, which is like in the catacombs under an old sort of uh, mansion. Um, lots of crazy things happening and I saw um, kind of new boss fights at E3 as well so I sort of like wrap up my thoughts on kind of where it's going which is generally that um, it's like almost probably harder than Dark Souls but it like teaches you a lot more um, it gives you a lot more instruction on where to go and how to do things and a lot a lot more tools to kind of like battle things that are perhaps even more challenging than Souls so it's like oh, I could tell it was like really really difficult more so um but i felt much more equipped um and that's where i think the strength's going to be and i think the beta's out now yeah right? yeah, yeah. yes we're recording that um uh, but definitely worth checking out if you're a souls fan if you're an onimusha fan you're kind of like hankering after those sort of days um like definitely get on that um and yeah let's have a chat about it let me know what you think of the preview i am super excited for it uh, <laughs> also this issue we've got jen's excellent review of no man's sky i think we've talked about no man's sky plenty in the we've podcast in the past, no sky a lot. so we're not going to do that uh, but we also have a review of inside mm. and inside's an interesting one because uh, it wasn't confirmed for PS4 until very late. No, it's supposed on to be an Xbox issue. exclusive. Uh, it, it was never, no, it was never confirmed oh. as an Xbox exclusive. So we'll bring that back a touch. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but it was only marketed for Xbox, right. and it was uh, they didn't do the whole like only on Xbox thing. So it was always Up in a, yeah in the ready to be on PS4. I was not but, expecting it, but to get nobody it like a expected month it like a month and a half after the Xbox One release. We thought next year realistically they'll start talking about PS4 reveal so for it to already be out on ps4 is 
quite brilliant. Um, I had reviewed it for Games Master, you had. Uh, so I, I couldn't do our review. But Jen, you did our review. Yeah. Uh, it's it's lovely. So it's by the. Is it? It's, Is it? it's lovely. <laughs> it's lovely and horrible and let's, sickening. Let's keep and, these spoilers. And really depressing. Um, so it's by. You'll be uh, miserable. It's by a company called Play Dead, whose previous game, of course, was Limbo. Yes. So it's what the Limbo team did next, and they've been working on this for six years, and it's it's very much like Limbo Plus. Yeah. Uh, it's how what should we, we describe say? it? <laughs> See, we we we're super aware of spoilers. Yeah, right? so we, and it's <coughs> so we don't want to start it's a game talking. You want to go in blind, but it's very similar. Like there's touchstones with Limbo's. Two like, uh, D left to right. Yeah, you play a little boy. adventure. You're a little boy. There are things that kill you horribly. Yeah, gross. Uh, it's it's not black and white in the same way that Limbo is, but it's it's quite a, a, a monoscale. Yeah, like, there are there are patches of color at a certain point. Yeah, which I think um, it's really clever what they do with like when they actually use colour and I think yeah. it's just one of the examples of how they've kind of taken the limbo formula but then just refined it and made it so much more interesting yeah. and everything about it the animation especially the animation's super is incredible it's like playing a Pixar movie it's just and, and it's and it's it's another one you know limbo I used to love how like you, it was so simple in its inputs. Mm. You could jump and you could grab, mm -hmm. and you can move left and right. It's the same, and that yeah. was it. And it's the same. I mean, there are a couple of upgrades. You can swim in Limbo. You died if you went in water. Now yeah. you can swim. So there's a bit of underwater stuff. The old GTA curse, uh, <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed curse. Well. Um, Get some water wings, people. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so so that gives rise to a few new puzzles. Yeah. But otherwise, same thing. You can jump and you can grab, but you can't really interact beyond that. Yeah. Well, grab it. Grabs it and all encompassing interact buttons. You can press a button, let's say, um, but you're not shooting things or doing any of that stuff. Um, and it's it's really clever, very haunting game. Yeah. Um, but one that we would definitely definitely recommend. There's just a certain bit of it, and I I wrestled with what to give it. You'll have to read the mag and see what I I, I gave it. But I I actually played through it a couple of times, um, and I. I take a little longer to get my head around puzzle games. So Matt is like a puzzle game fiend um, and very logically minded more so than me. So I think kind of um, some of the trickier puzzles weren't really as much of an impediment to you as they were to me on my first playthrough. Um, and it, like, it's such an atmospheric game that does such a great job of storytelling that I found sort of on my first playthrough, some of the puzzles almost got in the way of me like enjoying some of the feel of how it builds its world. Um, so on my second playthrough, I kind of was able to sort of relax a little bit more and sort of enjoy the atmosphere. But um, really, there's 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 not too much impediment at all. Like there's nothing that's like too crazy, um, and it just sort of lets you enjoy sort of moving through the world. Um, almost like I I make comparisons to Journey in my review, which seems odd because it is a macabre game. This one, um, but just the way that kind of your problem solving and the world is telling a story, which I think it does so much better than Limbo. Like its puzzles even tell a story, whereas Limbo there was quite a lot of just moving crates for no reason. Um, in this game, there's some crates, but it kind of all feels like like a more together experience um it's a more cohesive world like completely. Lim limbo second half descended into yeah. like just buzz saws down yeah. corridors for no real rhyme or reason whereas where... inside gets better as it yeah. goes on and you'll see why but like the main thing that stuck out to me about that game and i mentioned it as well is there are certain sequences and little puzzles and things you do in that game that are unlike anything i have ever played ever so that's why um you know i kind of 
I gave it the score I did, even though like there were a few frustrations for me personally that I felt kind of got in the way of the bit where it's like, oh, I just want to know what happens next and now I have to faff around with this. Um, but yeah, I think your mileage may vary depending on, on how logically minded you are. Um, but it's a game that absolutely everyone should play. You should absolutely play it. It's no excuse now. It's on PS4. You don't even have to borrow an Xbox. You can sit at home, play it on your PS4. Do. It's only maybe four hours long. Um, which is great. So you can yeah. like play it in one playthrough if you can. That's what I did, um, and it, it's remarkable. Um, like, can't give you any spoilers, but you will want to talk about some of the things that happen in that game <laughs> with uh, anyone who has played it. So please go pick it up and read the review and um, let us know what you think. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's super packed issue, as I say. Those thumb grips are really cool. Uh, definitely the best uh, the best gift we've given away for a long long time mm. a couple more things just to flag up before i stop talking about the brand new issue uh, which is on shop shelves right now price 5.99 uh go, go shame's got his own column yeah so check out what the go shame has to say i've already say. been seeing you lot tweeting the go of shame I've, don't a, don't like hit, don't a, provoke him please do not wake him from his slumber like i i've seen like more people now he's got his uh real estate you, uh, in the mag. had that tyler durden slip yet oh, okay. <laughs> i'm not sure where the go ends <laughs> and you begin head, like shaking uh, and also a situation worthy of the go of shame's glare oh my gosh um, <laughs> this is super you're gonna, embarrassing. You're gonna, you're gonna point this out. But if if anybody uh, might be offended by a certain typo that's got through, oh my god, uh, it definitely wasn't intentional. <laughs> uh, it's definitely hilarious. I could appreciate that. <laughs> it's also definitely my fault. Uh, so if if you if you have a double take uh, and Ben's looking, it's not in the Go Shames column. That's the only that's the only thing I'll say about it. Um, but if that any- column was checked. <laughs> If anyone notices something that reads a bit wrong, it's definitely wrong. <laughs> there, there should be another word in there. Uh, that oh. word is time. Um, but yeah, yeah. I hope uh, I hope you you mentally add that word to that sentence. But it's super funny. Just oh my gosh! See, this is the thing, Matt. Like you were just sitting across from me the other week before we left for the weekend, like just shaking your head, and you were like, "I can't, I can't believe." It. And I'm like, "What? What?" And you're like, "Just go home and read it." I've been busy playing Bloodborne and Destiny and Overwatch, so <laughs> but I, I still have to find it. Um, it, it might be that no one, no, no one's like so far. No one's found this typo, and that's fine. Uh, I'm sure people will because to me we haven't like had anyone tweet most, it in it's you've the most like, obvious thing you've been like having heart palpitations every yeah. time there's a, a notification on the OPM account just, like, just listeners if you do find it let me know don't, don't put it on Twitter like you, DM, you can email, DM yeah. or email email, email me that's fine you'll get a little thumbs up from me you get an internet cookie in fact maybe, <laughs> maybe the first one to find it but not publish it and let me know like, maybe you win a prize I don't know and can you email me as well so I no. know why yeah. don't, don't <laughs> yeah, we, email Ben we have to hunt Jen. it it's, I'm gonna hunt it it didn't happen uh, <laughs> but yeah new issue on sale now it's super cool lots of cool stuff in it uh, make sure you get your copy and let us know what you think of it um, Ben you've asked some questions about this well it's funny you should mention uh, the question this week because we pilfered it from the issue our debate oh, question was what, what is uh, the team's favourite bit of DLC uh, in honour of Destiny Rise of Iron, the game that's not really DLC. And um, we asked uh, people, readers on Twitter and Facebook, what their favourite bri- bit of DLC is. There's so many good bits so, like, of DLC. So in the team debate, like... We didn't have I, room for them all. No, I, I picked Shivering Isles from Oblivion. Mm-hmm. Jen, you went for Bioshock, as you said, buried at sea. I went for the best bit of DLC ever, which is, of course, the Last of Us Left Behind. Mm-hmm. And Go to Shame, uh, I'll... 
it's filth. I'll let you. I'll let you see what Goat Shame wrote. Uh, but uh, you guys have been telling us what you think the best bit of DLC is. So yeah, we start off with Aaron uh, Potter, who is at it's me Aaron P on Twitter, and he had one which Matt P audibly went, yeah, I agree with that, which was uh, has to be Borderlands 2's Tiny Tina Assault on Dragon's Keep. So brilliant, funny, brilliant so creative, and so original. Yeah, that's great DLC. And that's a good pick, Aaron. And it pulls on the heartstrings as well. Like, like quite intense. Like, really kind of get to, like, an insight into Tiny Tina as a character, I think. And on the other end of the scale, Nick Ellis, at Nick Ellis, on Twitter, he said, I actually thought the Alain Noir DLC was better than the main game. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh my god! We've no. won the gamut of the opinions here from that piece. So that was I. I never played the DLC, so it was like extra cases. Were you saying? Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, I think to be honest, I only played the first one. It was an explosion at a factory, if I recall. This huh. is going back many years now, and it was it was fine, but mm. I, I didn't feel that it was like beyond anything I'd already. It's I'd a shame. I've never had a chance to play them, but. I've, I've, a year or so ago, I managed to get the definitive edition, which had all the bits of DLC in. So, <laughs> sure, I might, I'd like to return to L.A. Noir because I remember playing it, absolutely loving it on PC. I, I really did. Like, obviously there were problems and there were like some weird things. I've happening. seen a few videos recently, and that face tech is looking <laughs> oh, know, creepier like, and creepier by the year. So weird, like uh, so nonsensical. The John Noble one, especially, because there's um, John Noble is um, a very um, yeah, he's a very old actor, so he had lots of craggy lines on his face. Oh. When you see his interrogation scenes now, it's just you can see all the like, the wrinkles like coming into the play. The jowl tech. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. Oh, I really enjoyed that game. Anything that's like murder mystery esque, like detective work, I really enjoy. I think I'm I'm really enjoying. A, a really looking forward to playing the kind of Arkham VR like world's greatest detective thing. Uh, we've got Bigot Gaming at Big Presents on Twitter. They said. And there was so many for The Witcher 3 DLC packs, but we'll just take one, which was Hearts of Stone, because it felt like a full game and it was worth every penny, unlike most of DLCs today. Scathing. True, though. Like, there's so many hours to be had from those Witcher DLCs. Like, They're really solid. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's interesting. Like I don't know about you guys, but certainly in my head, there's a bit of a disconnect between the words DLC is not worth. But, you know, the phrase DLC and the word expansion, Yeah, I sort of draw a line almost between the two. Like, you talk about the Witchers, uh, you talk about the, um, you know, the Skyrims and the Oblivions, you talk about the destinies of this world. In in the cases of Rise of Iron or Taken King or Shivering Isles or um, Blood and Stone, that kind of stuff, they're expansions in my head, they're Mm. the big, massive barns. DLC is smaller. In yeah, mind, downloadable right? content. I feel like yeah. it's like an extra mission. So the crappy it's always like the, the yeah the horse armor or the pre-order or, bonus missions. Yeah, or just like a single mission. So La Noir, I would actually consider as DLC. It's not yeah, a big expansion, expansion to it, and that's a, that's a very woolly divide between the two. Mm. Um, and and it's almost a case of just standing back, judging how big it is, and then in my mind I sort of label it DLC or an expansion. But, I mean, The Witcher, that expansion is bigger than some games, right? Yeah. Crazy. And also Blood and Wine as well, because that always, from what I've, I haven't had a chance to play it with The Witcher 3, I wasn't that into it as other people, so I kind of stay clear, but I heard that Blood and, um, 
It's Blood and Wine, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. the final one. That was actually like a very different take on The Witcher. Oh, completely. A bit more... Because The Witcher 3 has always been like really dark. And I know Robin Valentine on Games of Astra is like a huge fan who was playing Blood and Wine. It's all kind of like about like chivalric knights and it's like very funny and colourful, which is kind of the direct opposite from what the main base game of The Witcher 3 is about, which is like quite dark and um, like moody um, kind of the environment. So I think like Blood and Wine sounded like a totally different game. And I think it was like upwards of 30 hours, wasn't it? like blood and wine it's pretty massive it's just huge that's like a whole other rpg so yeah crazy and we've got uh, ben bub on facebook said um the first zombie map pack for world at war the start of a huge chunk of multiplayer fun and it's interesting we were just talking about this because he said also it was only something like 5.99 when they released maps back in the day i think again in terms of expansions and dlc yeah. some people have like a price in their head for like what DLC should be mm. rather than yeah. what actually correlates to the content. And it does go both ways as well. I remember there was an old Saints Row 2 pack in the day I got, which felt, which was like maybe a mission or two. And it's like, why did I spend any money yeah. on this whatsoever? Mm. Whereas you say it was something like The Witcher 3 or even Left Behind. Something that's going to like just actually change yeah. the main game no left behind's an interesting one it. because I, I would say that's dlc it's two three hours but then yeah it's a very short experience but one that has been so perfectly crafted yeah. for every yeah, second I think it's I, yeah, yeah left behind is dlc not expansion in my mind yeah this it's got to be like the, yeah. the best example of that size it's, DLC there is. I think it's just that perfect mix of them having a great idea that wouldn't make sense in the main game and being able to explore it yeah. and give it the time it deserves um, on its own. And we've got a troll of the cast again. Woo! Our final one uh, from Facebook. Dan Allen says, it's definitely not the Taken Wallet. Taken <sighs> Wallet. <laughs> well, That's hopefully good. he's got through this podcast and he's convinced yeah, now he's, a he's going to go Ryan back. Combat. He's like, yes, maybe it's all different. <laughs> <laughs> Rise Van is actually cheaper than the Taken King, so... But it's smaller as well, right? Yeah, that's I mean, true. Taken was... King was massive. Well, there was like so many revamps in terms with, of what like, it the did, it added the blueprints and... Yeah, this is really just kind of like a... I would say like the cherry on top of like the Destiny Sunday. Definitely Rise of Iron. Um... Like, if you're a fan, I think it's really one for the fans, but, like, it definitely doesn't hurt if you're going to become a new convert. I think that's what the collection is about. But really, Rise of Iron is just, like, yeah, such a celebration of, of Destiny, what they've achieved. Have we not had any for, like, the following Dying Light? Or, uh... <gasps> oh, we yeah. had one. Oh, oh we did have somebody, See, somebody did again. come out for uh, the following for Dying Light. We've had to cherry pick a few yeah. and condense it down. There's um, so much good DLC, this is the thing. Like, I mean, I'm surprised. But also so much bad DLC. Yes. Yeah. Such a minefield. I think that's the problem. Like, DLC very rarely tends to be okay-ish. I mean, some of the Batman ones were fine. Although they the were red... overpriced. And, I had the yeah. um, the red uh, the red hood one that came with Arkham Knight. It was a pre-order bonus. It was absolute garbage. It was clearly just like a tacked on level. Mm. Um, so it's very rarely, like it's always one extreme or the other with mm. DLC I'm and expansion I, uh, packs. Hopefully I'm going to stick with Bloodborne because I really like the sound of the uh, Old, Old Hunters, Hunters. Yeah. DLC. There's a there's a boss that might... stereo then. <laughs> my, as we always are. But the, <laughs> there was a, a boss uh, my friend was telling me about who's a huge uh, Bloodborne fan. He's saying it's uh, like Ludwig the... Uh, what's he called Ludwig the well he's like the Holy Blade or something and he showed me a video of it and I was like oh my gosh I don't even know how I would begin to like even approach that it's like the worst thing I've ever seen and the attacks are just crazy I've currently got his weapon is that the Holy Blade the Moonlight <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Moonlight Greatsword he like 
pulls out halfway through. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. <laughs> I want to play it. <laughs> so I was also surprised there were very few mentions of any of the GTA DLCs, especially from yeah. GTA 4. Ballad of Gay Tony was great. It was the best so... thing about GTA 4. And I, I like GTA 4. I know it's cool to bash it these days, no, but it's, yeah. I mean, still, what it did at that time was pretty remarkable. But Ballad of Gay Tony, it found its funny bone again. And I think the rest of it was so stoic. A lot of people felt like GTA lost its soul with mm. a lot of four compared with Vice City mm. and San Andreas which were really crazy yeah, fun so games Ballad of the Gay Tony did a really good job at just finding that again you know you're running atop a speeding train with an electric shotgun and uh, shooting down helicopters or you're jumping out of a building uh, out of a skyscraper to parachute into a moving truck uh, and this was stuff that then GTA 5 took and yeah just worked, yeah, just worked into really the main missions farther yeah. Farther. So, uh, so yeah I won't get into GTA 4, but it's... And what about um, Red Dead Redemption? Yeah. Oh, mm. I, I wasn't it a big feel, fan no, like the of Undead stuff Nightmare. wasn't quite what it felt it could have been, yeah. given how insanely good uh, the, the main game was, the base yeah. game. Um, but still, I mean... It was, it was that, such an odd that one, That was yeah. still so much better than most other... Yeah, because again, it was, like, it was like a proper idea that was really fought out and really fleshed out as well they managed to like release it properly in shops as well that's another one where it's more of an expansion pack than a bit of dlc you know what i'm looking forward to in future is like now that playstation vr is coming like i imagine a lot of dlc for base games will be based around that like experiences like we're getting with tomb raider kind of like the yeah. vr experience battlefront you get the free the rogue X-Wing. one vr mission. yeah like there's going to be a load of free updates i think like super stardust vr is a free update to the base volume game. coder exactly like i'm really excited for that i, I imagine we'll be getting like probably argue a... until dawn rush of um rush of blood as is well that, is that going to be free no, it's no, not going to no. be free. It's £16, but I mean, in terms of, it's very different to what the main game yeah, is. Yeah, but, but it's kind, kind of doing something different. It's like Tekken yeah. 7's uh, going to do that with VR, like, do something, like, obviously they've, like, we had an interview with them, uh, with Michael Murray, like, the senior designer, and he was like, oh, well, a fighting game wouldn't work in first person, yeah. like, beating each other up, but it'll be, like, something to do with that. See, and- has he never uh, played Wii Boxing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the only thing I'd say about Russia Blood, though, is that is a, a different game using the series name. I guess yeah. Where so. something like... Like Tomb Raider or... Um, it's expanding like a Especially yeah. Tomb Raider because it is you can play it um, without VR as well and you're exploring. Yeah, so it's just games where you get an extra bolt on for VR. Yeah. Um, yeah, Rush of Blood. Like, I mean, it you could have made cool. that game and not called it Until Dawn. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so far it removed horror game from... Rather than just putting like the Psycho in it and stuff like that. But yeah. I, it would have been really cool if they kind of like done an expanded like story in with that i don't know if i don't know i've played a few demos now i don't think it's doing that but it would have been cool to would have been cool, especially the sections where you have to stand like really still yeah 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 that like, would have been oh, awesome yeah. in vr yeah, yeah oh it's God. like or with, maybe like, you maybe you have to like look at a wendigo but do so slowly so that your your movements aren't picked up um, but you have to do it within a yeah, certain like amount a of time yeah like whole body having to hold your whole body still instead of just that would and it would amazing. work as well because you've got 3d space it's so like imagine like you have two PS moves, yeah, right? yeah, one yeah. in each hand. You have to like hold your arms you, out. Or yeah, something. yeah, you have to like have your arms <gasps> in a certain position <laughs> because you're clinging onto something. <laughs> but you have to because you you could imagine just like hanging off a ledge. Exactly. VR. So like mm. you, you could just cheat the system if it's like oh VR has to be dead still. So you just sit back and push your head yeah, like, but you against could do the that chair with until dawn. But where's the fun in that? So so like. <laughs> 
what? this like if you had move and you had to you had a position where you had to hold them yeah. there's no way of cheating that because if you don't have your hands in that position in the first place it's an automatic fail because you fall off the cliff or yeah. or your friend falls or you, you're not holding the door shut when you need to be right oh, what, whatever it shut. is um <laughs> that that would be great and that would absolutely be terrifying in yeah. VR, like truly yeah. horrible oh, especially oh, like if yeah. like you had to hold it still and you had a wendigo slowly oh, creeping no. towards your face i will say face. jump scares in vr are the worst thing imaginable ever i just oh. was not ready for that level <gasps> oh we've got oh i need to speak to gilman about it we've got what? a video from gamescom of oh, ben ben tyra playing resident <laughs> evil 7 and it's just a close-in <laughs> video of his face and it is it's a thing of beauty <laughs> I am a thing of beauty, thank you. <laughs> Glad that's on record. Let's make that one go viral, guys. Yeah, let me see if I can get that off Gilman if, if we can upload it on Facebook for our, our listeners But yeah, f- future DLC is in VR, I reckon. Maybe maybe I'll write something from the mag for that. But like, yeah, little little kind of expansion experiences like that or little like bolt-ons, I think that's where it's going to go. And I'm so excited we're going to get so much of it free when uh, VR launches. I think fun. despite the fact we've uh, we missed our mini-sode, I think we've packed in a lot into this yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, today. we definitely Good have. A lot. We've given you a bumper edition. So we will do a mini um soon, in a couple yeah. of weeks. We're going to do one uh, in a fortnight off the back of the PlayStation meeting. So it'll be the week, you know, PlayStation meetings next week as we record this. Uh, we'll come back. Ben's pulling faces because I'm sure he's got holiday booked. Yep. <laughs> That's all right. we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, you know, if we need we'll to record it, it earlier, we'll, you know, yeah. set it up to deploy that week. Um, but it's important that we chat to you about what happens at the PlayStation meeting. <gasps> da, da, da. Uh, so we will do that. Yeah. Um, thank you very, very much for listening. As ever, uh, send us your feedback on the podcast, on the mag, a bit in the com- uh, in the comments on this post, or email us uh, to the mag, to or me, whatever you want. Tweet us at OPM underscore UK. We're all on that kind of various times in the day, so we'll chat to you. Um, well... We'll, we'll print your letter maybe in the we'll print your, <laughs> your letter <laughs> don't, don't offer to just like be pen friends to if everybody. you're like oh I want to talk to everyone <laughs> yeah and obviously as well um, Facebook you can even email us there's, there's so many oh, ways. we've just said we just oh. said Facebook and email Ben Facebook what's going email. on I, I, everybody looked at me as if I had something to say send like, all uh, your abuse to at Ben Tyra on Twitter yeah. he, poor uh... guy he, he only <laughs> moved yesterday afternoon so <laughs> his mind's a bit frazzled yeah he's very I'm very, not good. I, I feel like we'll get a coffee. I feel like my the destiny chat has froze on my mind more than anything do else. You, do, you so feel, many... do you feel ready to get on a plane for eleven hours tomorrow to fly to LA? I'm looking forward to getting up at half past no five o'clock in the morning at eight in an empty flat Them's in the middle of Bristol. Oh, no, I'm going to die tonight, aren't I? <laughs> this is this is how like horror yeah, films all these, start. All these, all these talks of uh, until dawn and stuff. Um, yeah, definitely do not tweet at the goat of shame lest you invoke his dark wrath. Um, do it. But yeah, otherwise we'll see you in the next podcast which will be the mini-sode. Um, in a fortnight. And we'll talk to you about new PlayStation stuff. So excited. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you very much, Bye. and we'll see you soon. <laughs>